copyrighted program created by the Rio Grande Oil Company. Up in the police calling all cars, attention all cars, broadcast 94. Cars in the city to take notice. Go to the corner of Figaro and Adams at once regarding a bank robbery. That's all. Rose and Sutton. boy and every girl listening to Calling All Cars is entitled to a free gift. In fact, you can get several free gifts. Just listen to the announcement at the close of this program. Rio Grande delivers more value than any other gasoline. Besides the free gifts for girls and boys, Rio Grande gives every motorist more value than ever before for his gasoline money. In the first place, you get Petra Ethel, added to Rio Grande cracked gasoline at no increase in price. You get more speed, more power. It is easy for any gasoline to claim these superiorities, but Rio Grande offers proof that it is the fastest, most powerful gasoline in this market. What greater proof can you ask than the selection of Rio Grande cracked in preference over all other gasoline? To power the police cars, fire engines, ambulances, and other emergency equipment of cities like Los Angeles, Oakland, Berkeley, Bakersfield, San Diego County, and Maricopa County, Arizona, and many, many others. Of all the emergency cars operated in this territory, more use Rio Grande crack than any other brand. Doesn't that prove you will get greater value for your gasoline money when you ask for Rio Grande crack gasoline? And now it is our pleasure to present Captain H.S. Seeger, commanding the robbery and narcotics squad of the Los Angeles Police Department. Captain Seeger. Good evening, friends. There seems to be no length to which criminals will not go in carefully planning a crime which they believe will put them on easy streets for the rest of their lives. Physical and mental energy is expended in lawless enterprises which, if directed in proper and honest channels, might well return the authors of the plans a much greater compensation than they receive for their criminal activity. For these men always slip up. They forget something. They omit an important detail, and then the law is on their trail. None of them get rich quick. None of them retire to a life of ease. Do you remember Herb Wilson? He worked months planning the robbery of a safe in Detroit in which it was reported there reposed $13 million. The plans went through with military precision, but the acetylene gave out in his torch. There was only a quarter inch of steel left between him and his fortune. He was a smart man, but he slipped up once, and then again, and again, and finally landed in the penitentiary. His case is similar to the one you are about to hear, in which three young men worked with an intensity they never would have felt in an honest occupation, toiled like slaves in a dark, dank hole underground, burying toward a fortune which they never got.
Admiral Rainy Knight in February 1932. In a small, badly furnished apartment, three men sit talking. I wish this rain had let up. I'm getting sick and tired of sitting around doing nothing. Uh, you and me both, Jim. If I don't raise some dough pretty soon, there's going to be no happy home for me. I'm so flat I can't even buy a package of cigarettes. Yeah, here, Bill, I have one of mine. Oh, thanks. Like? Yeah, I'd need my match. Boy, am I fed up on this bumming cigarettes, meals, and everything else. I don't know how you stand it so well, Mac. I'd go nuts passing out cigarettes to people like me. Well, you be say if I told you of a way to make some dough. Plenty of dough. Huh? Say that again. I got an idea that means plenty of dough to all of us if you boys want to go into it with me. It means a lot of hard work, but it's worth it. Say, listen, I can't think of anything at this point that I wouldn't do for some real cash. What the dope? Remember a year or so ago, a couple of guys tunneled into a bank and grabbed 15,000 bucks in cool, hard cash? Yeah, I remember. They got caught and sent up. Right. But they made mistakes. Mistakes we can profit by. You mean that you want to rob a bank? That's exactly what I do mean. And I've got it all figured out, so there's not a chance in the world for a slip-up if we take our time and make plans carefully. I don't know about that, Max. I can send you up for a long, long time for a little thing like bank robbery. I don't know, but what I'd rather bum cigarettes than take such a long time. Well, of course, if you boys don't want to get in the gravy, it's all right with me. Well, I'm sorry to see a couple of guys that need dough turning down a gold mine because I don't have to take a chance. Oh, we need dough all right, but, boy, I still think it's a big risk. Makes us so sure to be safe. Are you interested enough to listen to my idea? Sure, why not? If we don't like it, we don't have to go, Jim. Might be a good thing at that. Well, it's okay with me to hear what you've got, Max. Well, I'm not at all sure I'm going to like the idea. Knowing you two boys as well as I do, I've got a hunch you'll like it plenty. Anyway, here's the dope. There's a branch bank at Figueroa and Adams, and right down the middle of the street there's a sewer pipe with not more than a foot of water in it. Now, if we were to get in there and dig it from the side
It won't be long now. Yeah, it won't be long now. That's what you've been saying every day for the last three weeks. I'd known it was going to take this long to dig a lousy tunnel. I'd never have gone into this deal. Well, steady, Bill. Isn't going to do any good to think about it now. Anyway, Max, right. Putting our pants were within ten feet of the bottom of the vault right now. In that vault, there's a fortune for all of us. Boy, I can just see that dough lying there. The most beautiful thing I can think of. Nice, crisp, cool, green build. Just waiting to be spent. Okay, Jim, cut out the poetry and let's get to work. We ought to get to within cutting distance of that vault in a minute. If we do, we'll strike Pedro before morning. A few hours later, William Waters, night watchman for the bank, is making his rounds when he sees a light burning in the office of a finance company next door. In the circle of light thrown from a small desk lamp, he makes out the face of Glenn Blake, manager of the finance company and close friend of his. Deciding to have a late smoke with him, Waters enters the office. got a few things that have to be finished, so I'm burning a little midnight oil. Well, it won't bother you. I'll sit down and have a smoke. Sure, sure, sit down. I'm glad to have your company. I'll get pretty dull working nights here. Have a cigarette? Oh, thanks. I'll stick to my pipe. I don't like cigarettes anymore. I can't smoke them. I wish I couldn't. I smoke too many. Hey, listen. There's that noise again. You hear it? Yeah. Sounds like a dripping faucet somewhere. I heard it when I came in, so I checked the faucets in the washroom here. But they were okay. And it stopped, and I didn't hear it again until just now. Hey, listen a minute. Can't seem to tell where it's coming from, can you? First it's one side, then the other. Then all over the place. Maybe they're working on the floor. Well, anyway, it's not in this room. Ah, it stopped. Yeah. Oh, well, I'm not going to worry about it. I've got other things to do. I think I'll take a look around outside, Ben. Darn noise has got my goat. Yeah, I'll be back later if you're still working. All right, Bill. Stop in if there's a light. Good night. I'm probably an overcautious old fool, but it doesn't sound like no dripping horses to my ears. Where's that cold air coming from? Yeah. 
There's a breeze coming down the tunnel. Hey, wait a minute. Somebody twisted a manhole somewhere. Quiet, I'll go back and see this one. Kids are caught. We're cut like a bunch of rats. Shut up, you fool. If it is the bull, they might not find us in here unless you shout about it all over the place. I knew something like this had happened. I should have played my hunch. I should have kept out of this. Wait on your limit to whip people. Quiet. Come back, back along the tunnel. Come on, leave that stuff and get out of here. The law, all right, but they haven't found a hole in the place yet. You can get out and beat it down the sewer to some other little thing and get away before they find this tunnel. Come on, Bill. Let's go. Here's the plan. Quiet, I'll stick my head out and see if the coast's clear. If it is, I'll go first. You two follow right on my heels. All right, all right, go ahead. Okay. Now follow me and don't make any noise. There you are. Come on, we'll go this way and try the next man hole to come. Hey, take a slow, will you? I can't keep up with you. Oh, it's tough. We're leaving. Hey, there's water this. We can't stop now to try one of those manholes. We've got to keep going. What do you propose this tunnel leaps right on over to the city? If we keep going, we'll come out somewhere. Hammering madly down the slime-covered pipe, falling over one another in their mad haste to gain some exit, the three men managed to stay just out of range of the guns of the pursuing police. Mile after mile, the weird chase continues. At last, after four miles, the tired officers find themselves at the mouth of the pipe. Foot marks from the mud embankment reveals that the robbers have made good their escape. Discouraged, Detective M.H. Ledbetter, with his partner, Detective Lieutenant H.A. Spencer, returned to the man-made tunnel, leading to the vault in the vain hope of picking up some clue to the identity of the suspect. I don't suppose there's much chance of us finding anything of value, but we might as well take a look around. Yeah, there's always a chance of a fingerprint or two. And judging from those birds, hurry, they didn't stop to take any of their tools along with them. Well, here's the opening into the tunnel. I'll go ahead with a flash and you follow me. Yeah. yeah. Say, they got to be a grand hog to get through here. Well, we're almost there. I can see the end. <clears throat> here we are. You're right about the tools. There's some candles and a flashlight, hammer and chase. What? There's a man's suit coat. Why, golly, you're right. We ought to be able to get some identification marks out of this. Yeah, we ought to be able to, but we can't. Why not? Because these guys are no dumb crooks. They've torn the maker's name and every bit of identification out of the lining. Now, isn't that just dandy? We might as well take this junk into headquarters and see if we can raise any prints. And if we can, we're going to have one swell time trying to find out who these birds are. <laughs> On their way out of the tube, the two detectives discovered a paper sack with bread crusts in it, some discarded flashlight batteries, and a torn sleeve from a man's coat. Adding these to their scanty collection of clues, they returned to headquarters to begin the tedious task of learning the identity of the suspect. At police headquarters, a laundry mark comes to light in the lining of the coat sleeve. A telegram to the makers of the batteries reveals that the discarded batteries had been delivered to a drugstore less than a mile from the scene of the attempted burglary. The wrapper taken from the paper sack bears the name of a bakery that is bound to be one block away from the drugstore. Armed with these facts, let better incentives scour the neighborhood, inquiring at all cleaning establishments to trace the laundry mark. In a little shop on Estrella Avenue, a branch cleaner recognizes the mark as belonging to one Jim Matson, who lives nearby. Acting on this information, the two detectives arrive at Matson's apartment only to find that he had moved out a month before and left no forwarding address. And in a small apartment, less than two blocks away... They got wise to us. We're not in the can, are we? 
Listen, boys, those cops you're spending so much time running around in a circle, they'd never think of looking for us here. Yeah, it was pretty smart of you, Max, thinking they're sticking in this apartment so close to the bank. The cops are probably everywhere but near here. Well, I didn't think so much of the idea, but I'll have to admit, Mac, it seems to be working. Three days since we got out of that lousy tunnel, and the papers have already forgotten us. Yeah, and within three weeks, we'll have another bank lined up. Another bank? Sure, you don't think that just because we mopped this job, we're going to quit, do you? It only takes one good haul, and we're set for life. You know, Max... There's one thing bothering me. How in the devil did the bulls get wise to us? If we could figure that out, we'd be better off the next time. It's just pure luck, Jim. I tell you, there wasn't a chance in the million of finding us. Just one of those things, luck. Yeah, I wish we had a little of that. Yeah, we wouldn't be laying around this apartment waiting. Hey, listen, if you guys will just have a little patience, we'll be sitting pretty. I spotted a bank over on Jefferson last night that looks like the worst to me. There's a manhole right in front of it, and the vault's only about 12 feet away from the opening. All we got to do is to sit tight until this mess blows over, then get a closer look at the setup out there and go to work. It's a cinch. Well, say, Jim, what time does Mabel do here? We don't want to be sitting around when she arrives. Oh, that's right. Well, what time is it now? Uh, 2.30. Oh, well, you ought to get home by 3. I guess we better get out. Uh, where do we meet you tonight, Mike? Mm, your wife's going to stay here? No, she's going out somewhere for dinner. I told her I was going over to the city office again. All right. Well, let's all get together here about 6. Okay by me. Yeah, me too. And I'll see you boys here at six tonight. All right. So long. Meanwhile, Detective Led veteran Spencer canvassing the neighborhood for any scraps of information run into good luck. There's another problem now, sir. Let's ask the landlady. Yeah. You know, I'm beginning to get tired of a fight of apartments. It makes the 15th we've been in today. We've gotten the same answer to all of them. Never heard of any matching. Well, here goes nothing. You push the buzzer this time, Herb. Maybe it'll bring some luck. Yeah. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. We're looking for a man by the name of Matson. Tim Matson. You any tenant here for that name? Matson? Uh, no, I don't, but I think... Is there I... anybody staying here that has a similar name? Well, let me think. I, I think... might have moved in about a month ago. Oh, wait a minute. There's a Mr. Jim Watson lives here, and if I remember rightly, he moved in just about that time. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yes, it was the day that my son got his job over the bakery. You know, Sounds like our man. Right. What if you could tell us a little about this man? Do you know if he works? Why, yes, I think he does. At least he leaves here every night about 9 o'clock, and he takes a sack of lunch with him, and his he home... He leaves here to... about 9 at night. Herb begins to look as though we're on the right track. Now, what apartment has he? Number 201. He's on the second floor, right off the stairs. Hey, wait a minute. What do you men want to know all this for, you friends of his? We're detectives, ma'am. We're thank the police department. Detectives? Oh, I might have known this would happen. Just as I was getting back on my feet. Oh, what's he done? This may not be the man we're after, ma'am, but if it is, we want him for a little attempted bank robbery. Bank robbery? A bank robbery in my No, house. don't get excited, ma'am. We just want to talk to him and make sure. There won't be any trouble. You know if he's in right now? Oh, no. Mr. Watson went out a little while ago, but I should... Well, if you don't mind, then, we'll go up and take a look at the apartment. Well, I, I don't know if I should let him. You out. wouldn't want to prevent us from arresting a thief, would oh, you? heaven forbid. Well, I guess it's all right. Suppose Mr. Watson comes home while you're up there for fire. Just let him come up. Now, don't say a word to him about our being there. In that way, you can help us a lot, ma'am. All right, but I hope I don't have to talk to him. I'm so nervous. I'm sure he thinks there was something wrong. Have you I... a key to the apartment? Uh, yes, sir, right here. Thanks. All right, Hal. Let's take a look around up there. And don't forget, ma'am, don't say anything to anyone. I promise you there'll be no disturbance if we can help him. Well, all right, but I tell you, my nerves are so upset I'll never be the same again. <laughs> 
Better take a look in the bathroom and all the clubs, sir. This is on the safe side. Yeah, right. Watson, sir. This is Jim. 
This is Bill. Yeah. This one's name is McIntosh. Tom McIntosh. Well, now, isn't that nice? What do you say to all this, Jim? I don't know what this is all about. But I'm telling you right now, it's a pretty lousy thing when you can't even walk into your own apartment without a bunch of flat feet grabbing you and running you in. And you haven't any idea as to why you're here. No. Well, suppose I have Lieutenant Ledbetter tell you all about it, then. Would you care to tell these gentlemen why they're here, Lieutenant? Certainly. In the first place, there's a bank over on the corner of Figueroa and Adams that has a lot of money in it. And right out in front of that bank, there's a manhole that leads down into the store. Hey, what's the idea of all this clatter? What are we arrested for? That's what we want to know. We'll get to that. Continue with your story, Lieutenant. And about three days ago, three men were down in a little tunnel that they dug from the sewer pipe to the vault of the bank. As a matter of fact, they were within a half an inch of about $25,000 in banknotes. But unfortunately for them, a night watchman happened to hear the sound of their chisel made on the steel vault and turned in an alarm. I told you that lousy chisel makes too much noise. Well, the chisel made too much noise, eh, Bill? Well, you were right. Now, what do you boys say to this? Nothing. All right. In the little tunnel, we found several things belonging to the men who managed to get away from us. Among these things was a torn coat sleeve. I have it right here. Have you ever seen this before, Jim? I... No. I've never seen it. Well, that's funny. How about these trousers here? Have you ever seen them? I... Why, yeah, they're mine. Doesn't it strike you funny that you've never seen the coat sleeve, yet it's out of a coat that matches these trousers? I knew it. I knew we'd get caught. You said it was... Why, you little stupid, I'll knock that mother's off your feet. Let it go, will you? Let it go. Let it go. Yeah, it. Well, what do you say now, boys? Are you going to tell us about it or not? It'll go a little easier for you if you do. All right. I suppose we might as well. We did it. It was the first job we pulled. Yeah. Whose idea was it? Mac. He said it was perfectly safe. Unfortunately, McIntosh, there's no such thing as a safe crime. You may get away with it for a little while, but in the end, you'll get caught. And then it's a tough hey, rap. Listen, I don't know what's going on around here, but I know I'm not going to be real over to jail. These guys are nuts saying I planned the job. Why, I haven't even with them. They've been going around robbing banks. I haven't known anything about it. The frame up, that's what it is. That's mighty interesting, Mac, but I'm afraid it's a little too late to be effective. We've got enough evidence on you three to put you safely away for a long, long time. And that's exactly what we're going to do. Tell swear to tell the truth, all the truth, and the truth off the gun. I do. Well, that will be all. Hey, what's new with you, 
Watson and Thomas McIntosh stand and face the court. James Watson, William Watson, Thomas McIntosh. Have you anything to say before this court passes sentence on you? Uh, nothing. No. After hearing the testimony offered against you in this case, this court feels that there is no doubt as to your guilt. However, there is one thing that throws a different light on this case. The testimony given during this trial made it apparent that one of you is the man most guilty. That one of you was responsible for the planning of this attempted crime. Therefore, in sentencing you, I feel that I am justified in my decision. James Watson and William Watson, I sentence you to six months in the Los Angeles County Jail to start immediately and run in consecutive days. This is the lightest sentence I am allowed by law to pass on you. And in doing it, I hope that both of you will think twice before you resort again to crime for a living. Thanks, Your Honor. Thank you, Judge. Thomas McIntosh, I'm not going to be so lenient with you. It is your type of man that instigates just such schemes as this. Therefore, it is the sentence of this court that you be confined in San Quentin Penitentiary for a period of not less than one and not more than ten years. Frederick Lindsley bidding you good night for the Rio Grande Oil Company. <laughs>